the Greenwood and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Good evening, everyone. This is the Greenwood and Mulliner Show Christmas special. And we are two minutes late, so I do apologise for people that are watching on YouTube, but a big welcome to all our listeners and our audio podcast as well, which is out every single Tuesday. I'm here with Sam Mulliner, who has recovered just like a normal athlete would if he was playing football. And Sam, how are you? Um, I'm better than what I was. Um, welcome to the most depressing Christmas special in the world. Um, I have been, I was struck down with COVID, but, um, well, I still am struck down with COVID, um, but I'm, I'm out of bed, <laughs> which I have been for two days now. And, um, yeah, I, I'm better than what I was. Unfortunately, me and my entire family have been struck down. Our entire household is is uh, is positive, but um, you know we'll get there. I mean, thankfully the kids aren't that bad, and and the wife's been pretty bad, but not as bad as I was. But um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll I've soldiered on. You definitely have soldiered on, and you might not do as many as much talking. Well, Mr. Muller, today. I, I, I'll be fine. I'll be. I'll be fine. It's just like en- energy-wise. I mean, some people say. I mean, I had a lot of negativity. Well, some negativity on the after Leicester saying how uh, depressing I was um, after a four-nil win. I don't know how you can be that happy after a four-nil uh, after a four-nil loss. Sorry, I was, was going to say COVID brain. Sorry, but yeah, yeah. There's going to be a bit of that tonight. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. But going back to the Greenwood and Mulner show, though, Sam, 2021 has been absolutely incredible. It's been absolutely insane for the Greenwood and Mulner show. And some of the guests, some of the guests that we've managed to speak to in 2021, we've actually just, well, I'll not tell you who we've actually just spoken to, but we've actually just pre-recorded one. That's why we are two minutes late. Don't and tell them that. <laughs> we don't, they don't know who it is though that's a wait and see but it's been absolutely ridiculous hasn't it in a good way uh yeah in 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 the best way ever it really has um i, I was just looking at the um list because I, I keep a track of like when i'm planning um the shows and whatnot so the, since the last time we did the christmas special last year um, was episode 23. This is now 73, obviously, because we've had two weeks off and there's 52 weeks in the year. Good maths. Um, so, like, since since the last time we've done one of these, like Nobby Solano, who's just the coolest dude ever, um, Ollie Bernard, and these are just Newcastle players. I've interviewed Alan Shearer twice. Um, like guys like Ed Chamberlain, Les Ferdinand, Henry Winter. We've sat in Sir John Hall's house for an afternoon. It's been like this. This shouldn't happen to to folks like me and the should it really? No, it, it probably shouldn't. But over the last twelve months, in particular, it, it, a lot more people have become a lot more available, and that has helped. That has helped in um, a lot of ways, but. I think for me, Sam, in 2021, the amount of former players we've spoken to, the amount of northeast people who love this area in terms of in, in terms of the football club as well, 
it just shows that if there's something positive to talk about or there's something back in the day which they enjoyed talking about, they are very much willing to do that with us. Yeah, it's 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 nice, isn't it? Um, and a couple of times people have approached us, which is yeah. which is just silly. When you <laughs> just it's crazy when you think about it. I mean, it's lovely, and long may it continue because it would kind of alleviate some of the stress in trying to book people. But um, yeah, it, it, it's it's been a, it's been a fantastic twelve months. Obviously, through through various lockdowns, it's, it's what's kept us going and. Then um, oh, that horrible phrase "new normal," um, getting people on, and then kind of mixing bits where we can actually go and interview people in person, and then to obviously interview people from around the world as well. Whether you're Nobby Solano in Peru, or Stephen Taylor who's living in Dubai now, um, or, and, and like. And so many others that we've we've gone from all around the world to right in your home, the northeast. Yeah, and the, we've got some clips which we'll uh, put on this Christmas uh, special. Intersperse. Well, there lovely, you go. What, lovely turn of phrase. What a, what a what a phrase that is! And there's been some really really fantastic stories about so many different players, managers that we've all looked up to and loved over the last 12 months in particular. And I think one person or one legend, I'm going to call him a legend because what he did at the football club for so many years, in different eras of the football club, pre and uh, in the Ashley era, was Stephen Taylor, Sam. And there was one particular moment um, very early on in his Newcastle career, which was very, very memorable. And it's actually, he, which he mentions is one of the two biggest talking points in his Newcastle United career. And if for people that have maybe forgotten one of these two big moments, let's maybe let's just listen about one of these moments. I thought the, uh, the referee was further down the pitch. So that's why I did what I did, because uh, I did think the referee was further down the pitch. I don't know why, I think he's only 20 yards away, so... When I seen that, I thought, oh, no, he's killed me here. I don't know, like 52,000, I'm thinking, that's my career finished here. So uh, I just tried to do my best to somebody go. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, well, maybe, because what was the, were you able to sort of like hide in the dressing room after that game? Because obviously it wasn't even the most, you know, high profile red card of the game. Obviously, Dyer and Bowyer had had their fight, so I'm guessing the attention was more sort of drawn on them. Were you kind of secretly chuffed at, and thought you've got away with it? No, what happened was I got in the change room by myself, um, got my shower, got my suit back on, and I remember just sitting there. And I just hear this, you know, this uh, roar and arguments come with this, uh, the, the right for the tunnel. And it was Lee Bowyer and uh, Kieran Dyer with two of the masseurs. And they came in the change room, got separated, and I'm thinking, Bowyer's top was ripped. So I'm thinking he's had an argument with one of their players. Dyer's obviously helped him out. Until I heard, uh, I think Kieran Dyer was saying, yeah, you you punched like a, a girl. I say it was a different word, but I've got to be careful what I say. So when I say, when I heard that, I went into the players' lounge, seen the TV, and when I seen what happened, I tell you what, I thought there's a god. <laughs> so I'm walking back in the change room, like Conor McGregor, by the way. So I'm sitting down <laughs> on that seat. 
wait for the team to come back in. Bear in mind, we just got beat, so obviously it's a, it's a nightmare anyway. But uh, I apologise to Shearer straight away in the lies. I said, I apologise. And he was great. He said, no, don't worry about it. And he went in on Kieran Dyer, went in on Lee Boyer. And uh, I remember that night, everyone was just talking about their situation. And I thought, oh, I've got away with one there. I've got away with one there until the next morning, having breakfast with the boys. And everyone looked at me, what the hell were you doing, by the way? You absolute shit. <laughs> So for me at the time, I was like, Fuck, I'm just trying to make a career myself and that goes and happens. So I thought that could definitely um, ruin your career. But it's, uh, yeah, it went viral then. And everywhere I played in Australia, every single fan, I played on my career. And that's the only two things they mention. The bloody handball, the stoke goalkeeper. Do you not remember the night at Anzi? 1-0, one no? <laughs> yeah. so 3-2, no? All right. What a night against Anzi. <laughs> yeah, I know, but what a handball. And uh, I love Stephen Taylor. I was so chuffed we were able to get him on because he was on the list for oof, since we started. Um, but it, like we say in the, in, the, in the proper full interview, like he was there from Sir Bobby till Rafa Benitez and everything in between, wasn't he? So there's no one better to tell you just how Newcastle United's evolved through like the good times and the bad and then and the really bad um than 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 Stevie Taylor. And looking incredibly trim. Yeah, yeah. I think he mentioned actually in a, another interview with somebody else that he wanted to when he went to Australia they told him to lose like a bit of weight and he could keep obviously keep the muscle but lose the weight around him because he it actually benefit him as a footballer and he'd done very well in Australia to have he had a couple of stints at um lower league clubs in particular Peterborough United but again a man who made several well several hundred well hundreds of hundreds of appearances for Newcastle United um yeah very much very much a a, a legend in my eyes and I hope in a lot of other Newcastle fans eyes because you know he gave his all for the football club I always remember when he came out especially at home cheering up the crowd in particular uh, it's something that you actually kind of almost look forward to before the game, if you like. So it was brilliant. Uh, Mickey has a question. Wasn't he at the awards? He wasn't at the Newcastle fans TV be a game changer awards. <laughs> no, he was at the, he was at the the big ones, wasn't he? That um, yeah. Josh won his award at. Yeah, but he uh, he he lives in Dubai now, so he's got his. Was it is, is it his own business over there that he was running? I think he's helping another business. I, I could, I could yeah. be completely wrong. I felt. I think it was. I thought it was him and somebody else. But again, lo- loving life, and I don't blame him. Yeah, it's and then Lee, Lee, Lee's in the comments making the point that you've you've essentially had a shave, which is why you're looking so youthful. Well, that is true. That is true. But you know, can't be perfect all the time. Can't be perfect all the time. Right? Now you had a shave. It really highlights your eyebrows. Bloody hell, I thought I was on a podcast with Samuel, not Kelmel. <laughs> oh, Although I should shout her out, actually. She was she's been absolutely fantastic when I was really struggling with COVID as well. So yeah. Cheers, love. Sickness and in hell. <laughs> hey, brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. But um no, I, 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 honestly it, it it surprises me some of the people that we have managed to speak uh, spoke uh, well spoke to in the last 12 months um in particular commentators and presenters of the industry that we all love and the likes of peter drury ed chamberlain that's just two names straight away that come to mind 
Yeah, I, I love how you mentioned them. Fantastic stories. Yeah, I love how you mentioned them because I haven't got clips of them. So that's great. Um, yeah, but I, th- I think b- because we love that side of things as well and interested in all aspects of not just football, but kind of most sports really and, and the broadcast side of things. Um, guys like Ed Chamberlain, Pete Graves, Keith Downey, um, Peter Drury is just the best commentator out there. We, we love to know like the inner workings of things like that. And it's always nice to, to, to learn about their experiences in the broadcast side of things. And like these are guys that are at the the top of their craft as well. I mean, the like the the Premier League productions like around the world are so lucky to have Peter Drury as one of their main commentators because what we'd give to have him commentating on like your Super Sundays and you know UK TV like like the Champions League nights. Well, he does do Champions League nights with BT. No, but I mean, like when we were in it back in the day. I mean, on ITV when we when we used to get shunned on ITV too. Yeah, there was another team that were called ended or ended in United, but they seem to get a lot more. Let's just say they used to get a lot more of the ITV one yeah, <laughs> prime prime time. Yes, definitely. I'm sure there was probably fans of that club in Colchester as well. Um, yeah. But but in a in all seriousness, Ed Chamberlain as well, Sam, another man who he was probably the only person that would choose horse racing over football, unless you're Ed Chamberlain or Sam Mullen, I would have thought. I was going to say, yeah. Um, but it's a big step, though. It just goes to show the power of terrestrial because, like like Ed says, football's just this juggernaut and you're getting less ratings. Like, you're, you're absolutely over the moon when ITV are getting a million viewers for something on a Saturday for a race, like whether it be the Derby or um, Cheltenham or this, that and the other. It's a, it's a completely different world, and it's a big, big gamble because Ed Chamberlain had cemented himself um, through the the two previous incumbents, who we don't really like to talk about because they're just old, haggard, and irrelevant by now, aren't they? Um, but you know, Cham- Ed Chamberlain's fantastic, fantastic broadcaster, and what a thoroughly nice chap he was. No, he was really, really, yeah, he's not dead. Um, he was very, very kind and very good with his time as well. I know a man who does a lot of work, he actually gets uh, younger people involved in broadcasting and teaches them and trains them about the industry and how to improve in the industry as well. So, didn't offer that to us, though, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> yeah, some would probably say you probably could have done. Um, but. That might be for another day. We might get him back on in the future. Who knows? But I, I love those. I love those sort of interviews. They're they're my favourites. Like the, like the Gabriel Clarks and like we did in twenty twenty. They're they're kind of my thing. Bryn Law is another man that comes to mind. He, again, a commentator, a reporter. That was a very poignant episode as well, Sam. Yeah, remembering Gary Speed. That was a kind of Gary Speed special, wasn't it? Um... 
again the, the most depressing Christmas special you'll ever see. I remember like <laughs> watching Bryn um, talking about Gar- Gary Speed's death on Sky Sports News, and it was just utterly heartbreaking. But um, to remember the the good times of, of Gary Speed and, and remembering the man and what a player he was, so it was it was great speaking to Bryn, who just had all the time in the world for us. In fact, I think that's like by far our longest episode. Oh, by a country mile, by a country mile. That was, it was like an hour and forty-five. Um, something that's not going to be as long is uh, Stephen Carr, because we've got a fantastic clip uh, about the two thousand and four-five season in which Newcastle were very, very close from winning a trophy. This is that 4-3 win as well. You know, there was some moments where you go, actually, if when Newcastle was a little bit fortunate, you never know, could it have been an FA Cup final or you wave a Cup final? You never know after that. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think that is football. It's very, as you say, you don't think of that. You only think of the negatives. And, and like there was some positives. I think the quarterfinal Spartan Lisbon away, I think uh, we, we gave away a bit. From what I remember, I remember um, Kieran Dyer, who who was a big threat for us with his pace, but I think he he done his hamstring in it again. I think he got injured again, yeah. and as you say, it's these moments. I think if Kieran had stayed fit and was in that game, we would have won it. And then you go to a semi final where you had a depleted squad of injuries that we had to play on the Sunday. I think it was the Thursday Sunday with the yeah. travel. So as you say, that that week defines a lot. You get that little bit of luck at times and you're looking at a completely different thing and the outlook on ground because at the end of the day, as you said, quarterfinals, semifinals, but it means nothing in the end. At the end of the day, you don't win anything. You're not got to the final. So the most important thing is to win things. People don't look back at who, who lost. It's somebody who win. That, that game in Lisbon, I remember it like it was like it was yesterday because we'd, we'd gone 1-0 up, hadn't we, in Lisbon. And then, as you say, Kieran Dyer went off injured. There's, he was there's, causing there's... all sorts of problems. He was causing oh, all sorts of problems. I think that's what I, I know. You, you see moments, I remember it, and he ha- if he hadn't have been injured, and I do believe we would have won the game because the problems, they couldn't cope with him. They just couldn't, couldn't cope with his pace, and he had the freedom on the ground to just, not a free roll, but Sam, because of his pace, he, he'd cause havoc, and, and the foreigners didn't like running after him. It's simple. They weren't used to it. Oh, no. Oh. I mean, I think it was Shola that came on for him, and no disrespect to Shola, but he hasn't quite got the legs that Kieran Dyer has. No, he's but, a completely different player. He's a figurehead up there, Shola. I mean, cause problems, you get a lot of bits off him, but he's not hes not going to run them no. as much as once he gets going. That's not his strength. It's like Kieran's not a strength to hold the ball up, but Kieran's strength is running off the likes of Shola and me on with them type players and getting bits off them and slotting them in. But yeah, so it just... We lost the momentum in the game with that, I think, and and they got. I think they got a bit of a lift from it because I think they were quite relieved he had to go off. Oh, oh yeah, they were. Oh, Shola Rami, obey Shola. Yeah, such a shame he had to come on in that game. Now I love Shola. Don't get me wrong, but oh God, Dio is absolutely terrorising him. I always remember at the end of that game as well. The camera was like fixed on Shearer walking off. And like you could tell the look in his face that you were just like that that was that's the opportunity gone. That was that was the one where we really had a chance to win that UEFA Cup that season because by the time we played Man United on the Sunday, the squad was knackered and there was so many injuries we had. So it was we were never gonna beat Man United, but that Lisbon game was really one that was there for the taking. It was gutting. Gutting. I, I was actually I was how old would I have been? 
nine, maybe ten, something like that. Make me sick. And I, 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 I remember Dyer scoring yeah. to make it make it one nil. And I think Newcastle had just gone two one down, or they went just went three one down, and I went to go to bed because I had school the next morning. Oh, bless! And I remember I remember waking up and my mum coming in my room going. Newcastle lost 4-1 yesterday, so they're out. I was like, oh, no. And I didn't believe her because my mum doesn't support Newcastle. I just didn't believe her. And then I put Sky on and it said 4-1. I was like, oh, we did lose. <laughs> but yeah. um, that was a big, big opportunity missed. Like, Newcastle, you've seen other teams in recent years, like so Fulham made the, well, what was the UEFA Cup of Europa League final 10 years ago, or just over 10 years ago. Or right before then as well, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Like, the Rangers do it as well. Yeah, Rangers got beat in 2008. They, um, I think they brought 250,000 fans to Manchester. Like, I know, I know Glasgow, Man- I know Glasgow, Manchester's not too far, but still, that's some effort. Yeah. Wow. Just think what we'd do if ever we got to a, like anything prestigious. Well, the semi final against Marseille comes to mind. Yeah, that was another close one, but I always thought that. They were good, Marseille. Yeah, that was the thing. Like Lisbon were there for the taking. If we had a full, I mean, if we had a fully fit squad, we'd have won. I've no doubt in my mind about that. But Marseille, like they were, they were. I think they were just a bit better than us. I mean, they had that striker that he never amounted to anything. What was he called? Drog Drogba. Whatever happened to him? But I just remembered him being pretty decent. Yeah, he wasn't too. Wasn't too bad. Liam says, "How young does Johnny look?" Well, way younger than uh, way younger than Liam. He's way old, isn't he? I don't know. I'm got this is I know right. I'm going to sidetrack briefly, but I was so gutted when I got COVID when I did because obviously you like had the night at the awards last Wednesday, didn't you? And you all you know got together, and I was very much part of them plans to come up, have a few beers, and awards, and go out afterwards, and. And then, yeah, two days before I get hit with COVID. I'm not complaining too much because I know, like, there's people way worse outfit than me. Jesus, how many people have lost their lives and whatnot. But it was a bit gutting seeing you all out having a wonderful time and then me sat at home, well, in bed, lying at home, kind of in pain breathing. But, yeah, I'm sure you had fun. Oh, it did, and there'll be a the you like many others. Sam can watch the vlog that Lee will be producing this week about our day at Saint. Well, day I was going to say night at Saint James's Park, where we did, where we did, <laughs> where we did pick up uh, an award, and there's there's obviously some uh, stuff that we've captured throughout the evening. But for people that don't know, we actually I, we, I actually FaceTimed uh, Sam after the event. There was me, Liam, and Adam, and Josh from the channel. <laughs> Went for a few drinks after, and um, <laughs> we all said the same thing. By God, he looks awful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like you, you had, like, your, your left eye was your left eye was swollen. You, you just, you just looked unwell. But um, well, 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 I was. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I was, and still am. If I was to take a test, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm out of isolation just after christmas i think now or is it just before i don't know i'll have to check with my uh significant other with that one because i know i don't know how exactly it works with our, our government being so confusing about the rules and we might all be by in lockdown by then anyway 
be typical when my isolation ends we all get placed under lockdown but uh, yeah my uh, my my daughter t- only tested positive the other day so i don't know how that works with um with isolation rules i don't i don't know so i might be free before christmas but i might not be <laughs> i wonder if santa's isolating though i wish he bloody was crippled <laughs> <laughs> me uh moving on uh, uh, before we go back into football i guess i just want to mention a couple of guests that i think people wouldn't have really heard of but i actually thoroughly enjoyed them and i'm talking about your likes of your lauren patterson's and your antheons oh. i really really enjoyed that the comedy side of things and Anthony, that impression of the baby. Oh my god. How does well, he do that? That's that's the kind of again, haven't got a clip of that, sorry. Um uh, w- would have been nice if you oh you did actually no, I've just remembered. I'm not gonna kick the boom because I think you did actually tell me you wanted that clip. Sorry. Um Yeah, some of us were at work. Yeah. Well, I'd love to have been at work. And and the big relief was I never passed on my COVID to anyone else, which I was greatly relieved about but Amp Young he's ace I want him to be my mate and I think um, if he's supporting Carl Hutchinson again um, I think he's in Stafford next month so I'm hoping it goes ahead because um, I'm going to message him if not for free tickets but just to to say hello in the flesh as as it were um, sometimes these things work out like when I tried to get a free hoodie off Stephen Carr which didn't work um, but well I intimated I wanted one but uh, yeah that didn't work but hopefully Anth gets the message <laughs> and gets gets the subtle hint because he's awesome and he's very very funny and we got him on the um, the post takeover show as well um, when you were at Scouting for Girls that's, that's a band that's not a um, a hobby um yeah you were there and I, I did a i did a live show after the takeover with nobby solano and and Anth and uh andy Mus, uh, musgrove from the chronicle as well but you know that, that's fine that's fine i'm sure you watched it on catch up because that's what youtube is i'm reliably informed can't believe he went there can't believe he went there well, you went to, was... oh, i can't believe you went there I can't believe you went to scouting for girls. Right, can, can, right, for people that are listening, this is what happened. The day after the takeover, after me being outside St. James's Park and speaking to Keith Downey and all Adam, Adam Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what it is? Actually, that's one of my favourite videos of this year. It's actually like the game with me and Adam because you get, Adam's like a proper, proper diehard Newcastle fan. And he just captured the moment really well. But um, oh, going back, made me cry. Oh bloody hell! That's the day. But anyway, yeah. So the so the the, the, the following evening, I had already been planned about seven or eight months ago that I was going to this gig because there's a thing called a lockdown and people wanted to do stuff. And I thought, you know what? For twenty quid, it'll do. It's, it's well, a good night. Scouting for girls wasn't such a bad idea, and you wanted to relive the hits of two thousand and eight. Yeah, but to be fair, it was mint. <laughs> was it? It was all right, actually. Was it, it was it better than speaking to Nobby Solano and Ant Young again? No, because that wasn't the thing that I was thinking about. Believe it or not, there was a, a thing which you, you've probably mentioned a couple of times. Can you remember the same day 
about half an hour before the gig started, you were talking to Alan Shearer, you and Lee. Well, I didn't want to bring that up and kick the too much. But yeah, yeah, me and Al, yeah, quick message. Super Al, yeah. Like, yeah, he was like, oh, go on, Sam, I've got 15 minutes now if, if we're quick. Oh, of course, Al. But, you know, that's that's 2-0 uh, to Mulliner, very much so. Yeah, yeah, very follows much so. On, follows me on Twitter. Does he follow you? Uh, no, no, he doesn't. Yeah, 20, there's always there's always 2022, mate. 2022. That'll be the year. But yeah, yeah. There was John, who's who's been yeah. with us since uh, since show one, I think. John, yeah. John Anderson in the comments. They love the guests. Keep them coming. Well, we will keep them coming in 2022. Rest assured. We've um, got a few kind of people lined up that have kind of like soft yeses that we need to firm up dates for. So. Yeah, plenty to plenty to come up in the new year. Yeah, some fantastic guests potentially for January and maybe even the start of February um, as well. But it's uh, there's there's one or two that I think we me and Sam would like to get next year. And I think I think we'll do it. I think it'll just take a lot of persuading, but we'll do it and we'll get there and you get to watch it and hopefully enjoy it. Um, let's talk about Lamana Lawa Lawa because I'm sure Alan Shearer loves calling this guy a magician. Uh, you know, asking yourself a question, can one day be like them? Can I, you know, reach the level? And then suddenly, boom, I'm sitting down in a canteen. Shearer's there. Uh, <laughs> Warren Barton's there. Rob Lee's there. And you're thinking, I, I remember one time I was sitting down and I couldn't eat. So we're sitting in a canteen. I couldn't eat. So I was like, I think I was in a dreamland. I was like, oh, I'll just keep staring at Al. I was staring at Big Al, and every time he looked my way, trying to get eyes to go, I, I'll turn around pretending I was eating, you know? So it took me a while. <laughs> it took me a while to actually um, to believe that I'm actually sitting down with this legend. It's only until, I remember, it's only until the day Alan actually called me a magician, you know, in a training. Because I, don't forget, I, I grew up in an era that, I just used to love because I knew Newcastle. That was, that's what got me to Newcastle is my skills and beating players. So the, the, in one time in training, I'll call me a magician. And that took, that took, that took me from here to there. Best name in football? No. 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 What? Best name? Yeah, in football. No. No. Well, go on then. What's a better name than that? Jan Vernagor of Hesseling. Give over. I mean, you'd be fucked if you were paying by the letter for that, wouldn't you? My yeah. word. Especially but, if you have two kids. Yeah, Jesus. But yeah, no, I, do you know what? This, the, the interview we did with Loire Loire was so pleasantly surprising because, like... You, you think back to that classic dressing room under under Sir Bobby, and you, and you had um, Shearer, Given, Speed, Harper on the one side, and then you'd have like Dyer, um, Bramble, Bellamy, and like Loire Loire, and and and, and a few others. I didn't I didn't realize just how lovely how lovely he is. Well, lovely guy. That really 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 surprised me. He was it was, it was absolutely superb. I thoroughly enjoyed, it. and he he got really emotional talking about Sir Bobby as well. It was just a lovely fifty minutes, forty five fifty minutes with Lamana, and he's just an absolute 
diamond of a human being and he, and he was there um out in the congo um which has marginally better wi-fi than north shields um working for with his charity his, his foundation as well so he's just oh what, a, what an awesome guy very much so a real awesome guy i thoroughly enjoyed uh listening to him and talk about the good old days we've actually been discussing a particular match in the um latest episode and he played a big part because it was his first goal for Newcastle mm. United in the Premier League low on low and against Derby and that's all we're giving you in terms of that particular episode as well but yeah the best celebration of football maybe oh without doubt without doubt I yeah like I tell him in the episode you know Obafemi Martins tried but Luala was the one wasn't he with the it's just ridiculous and and he said he still does them now, which is crazy. I mean, you're in your you're in your forties, man. <laughs> it takes some doing. Takes some doing. Um, the next sort of guest I want to talk about is the Newcastle reporters, the press pack, the likes of your Keith Downies, your Luke Edwards, Andrew Musgrove, those sort of characters, because they've got a very very difficult job. They've got to report on Newcastle United. <laughs> That's a difficult job good, bad, indifferent. And obviously we've spoken to all three in the last 12 months, Sam, and some are liked, some are disliked, you know, some are well-received, some were controversial. If you listen to some of the comments... So all the negative connotations you're just attributing to Luke Edwards, aren't you? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I don't think the Chronicle have the best... uh, The the Chronicle in particular don't have the best relationship with Newcastle fans. I never really understand that. I always quite quite like the Chronicle. I still speak to Andrew Musgrove now. Um, so, yeah, good dude. Um, but, yeah, that, like, and others you mentioned, like the athletic lads, um, Chris Waff, George Colkin, who's just... What a guy. Um, and, and even nationally as well, Henry speaking to Henry Winter again is just um, an absolute honour and a privilege, although I'm starting to think he's not quite a lucky charm for us anymore. <laughs> because uh, the last few Newcastle um, games he's been to have been thoroughly thrashed. Um, but that, maybe that's just a sign of the times. But yeah, the, I mean, these guys have had three, four years of reporting on a potential takeover and getting shit off people because through through no fault of their own or any no, through no one's fault really, apart from the powers that be. They're just not reporting on what people wanted to hear up until very, very, very recently. Um, so that that can be tough, I imagine. Um, but yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly good people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to pick a favourite, but because we all have no, no. favourites. Yeah, no, great, great, great bunch of guys. And Pete Graves as well, who I still talk to now, who's an absolute ledge. Um, yeah, absolutely. Dude is Pete Graves. Um, what an awesome guy he is! Can't speak highly enough. I, have to, I actually got a hug off him um, <laughs> at the Spurs game, the 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 first um, game back. Obviously, um, first game under the new ownership. What a day that was! On that that day, I know we lost, and I know there was a horrendous incident in the in the stands. But thankfully, the guys made a full recovery. But the day and the atmosphere before the game and and inside the ground um 
before kickoff with with war flags and it was just like an absolute carnival round St James's that day. That'll stay with me for, forever and ever and ever. That was just an absolute pinch yourself moment to be there. That that's that's going to be a day I tell my kids about in twenty thirty years time. Great day. To be fair, I actually heard in a recent interview Pete did. Um, I don't know if you've actually seen this, Sam. Uh, he mentioned the fact that. You know, that you got to hook off me. Yeah, you got to hook off you with Spurs. Uh, <laughs> I invited him to the strawberry, but you uh, said he was busy working. Uh, so uh, me and you went instead. We did. It was actually a very surreal day. It was a very carnival-like atmosphere around the whole ground. Everyone was in such good spirits, and you could tell I mean, that you the just club had to, moved on. You just had to take it in and and. There were so many people around and everyone was chatting and getting on great. And then it was just, oh, I mean, how many people did we see around there that day and meeting people in person as opposed to, to, to like this on, on, on the internet? Um, it was oh, it's just, it's just the best day ever. What a couple of weeks that was, actually, because the takeover did dominate a lot of a couple of shows. And I think the one we did with Chris Woff, was fascinating to know how quickly it, it, it happened. But I, I remember asking a question to Chris and George in previous episodes is, in particular, have Newcastle United got a future to look forward to almost? And can we get back to where we are? And I always remember George saying, well, it's Mike Ashley's club at the minute. So where can where can the club go? But now it's under a new regime and hopefully it can deliver positive stories in the future because if it can by God, Newcastle can be an unbelievable place to be in the next few years. And a man that kind of almost, well, I say kind of, did get us to the dizzy heights of nearly winning a Premier League in terms of ownership was Sir John Hall. And before we get the clip about a particular time at Newcastle United, big credit to you, Sam, and to one of our former guests, uh, Greg Whelan, in getting this interview sorted, because when you said this to Lee Lawler, he just laughed, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, I mentioned uh, this was this was way before. This was ages and ages ago. I said, I said, to her, I said, I'd, I'd quite like to get Sir John Hall on um, on the show. <clears throat> and Lee sent me a voice note back as he does, um, saying, "Hang on a minute, you think I'm not going to do an impression of him because you know he does a fantastic one of me." No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he says, hang on a minute. You think you can get Sir John Hall on the channel? <laughs> yeah, right. So a few months went by. And then the next thing you know, all three of us are sitting in Sir John Hall's front room with a, a cup of tea and a Kit Kat. So uh, it just goes to show um, what an ex- the whole scenario from top to bottom was very bizarre to the point where like he, when he rang me to he called me up to to first arrange the interview very 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 that's just not something you'd expect when you answer the phone hello john hall here oh fuck <laughs> uh, <laughs> hello sir john how are you yeah it's um it's not something you ever expect because <clears throat> i mean he has his his critics and his cynics out there. Of course, he does. Um, but like every owner of a football club everywhere, mistakes are going to be made somewhere down the line. But I think 
me and a lot of others have just got the utmost respect for Sir John and, and what he did for the football club and those those were the real good old days weren't they and and he was a big part of that that he was a massive character in in the Newcastle United show in 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 the mid 90s with with him and Kevin Keegan and it was just it was just an honor to meet him in person and yeah well it just was wasn't it it was it was an honor i don't know about you yeah i always remember you taking the mic it was the best one ever the best one ever so at the time um, no, you said no, 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 no. no, that, no. Yeah, 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 me saying it, but you taking the mick out of it. Out of us yeah, because we, we'd not got off his driveway yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought we were in the pub. At, I thought we were in the pub at this point. But no, anyway, he barely shut the door and said, "Tara, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, Johnny, chill out. Let's try and play it cool." Before, you know, leave, I leave did. The door was shut. <laughs> but anyway, it, it was good. Here's a little snippet of that particular episode and where he meets a few Newcastle fans. Uh, the time when we, were, we had to get out of the second division and the first, and if we played Grimsby that night, and uh, if we won, we got up. And I, I, I drove myself there, my wife and him, I had the Bentley, and, it, and I got the end of the M62, and that's a little chef. And I pulled in, my wife wanted a smoke, and I wanted a cup of coffee, and that's that. So we had that, we came out, we're just getting into the Bentley, and there was a battered old transit van came and parked about 10, 15 yards away on the other side. The back doors opened, and 15 of them poured out, didn't see us, and went to the nearest hedge and started to have a run off. I'm standing there, and I shout, Give me the number of your season tickets. And there was a silence. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they all ran back into the van. Some of them hadn't finished. <laughs> Two minutes later, they came back and queued up, heads down, and apologised and said they travelled down Crates of Beer Brown Hill. No service station would let them stop because they were trouble. <laughs> so they're not all the fan, but so they reached the point of where they couldn't go any longer. So I said, I'll tell you now. And, I'll rem- and if, if it happened again, I'll remember the number of your season tickets. And basically, my wife says, and I won't forget you either, but it wouldn't be by your faces. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great story a great story by Sir John Hall and very very welcoming when we went to his house and uh, had the interview with with him and told us some fantastic stories and again if you haven't watched it please please watch it because it's something that means it's so only two part yeah our only two part because the situation demanded it <clears throat> and a big thanks to Lee for that day as well because um he was um, producing. He was the tech guy. Um, so yeah, he was producer Lee for the day. So yeah, that was really good. It was. It was just very surreal, and 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 another day we won't ever forget. I mean, normally I'm driving like the three and a half hours to come to Newcastle to more often than not see us get beat, and then drive three and a half hours home again. But when you pop up to um, interview to John Hall and grab a bit of lunch around the quayside with your mates. It's it's um it's it's a good day. It's a good day. Yeah, very much and a big thanks to Lee as well. That'll be in Sycophantic, Sam, you know, without Lee in terms of the the channel, you know, we don't have the show. No, you wouldn't book the guests if if um we can without Newcastle fans TV without under that banner, would it? Because when you're asking people, oh, <clears throat> do you want to come on the Greenwood and Mulliner show? Like, well, what the fuck? No. 
obviously not. But then, like, obviously Newcastle fans TV gives it the name and, and what it's about. But kind of does hold us back in some aspects because if, if, if we want a non-Newcastle guest on, then we might struggle. Because you know what? I was thinking about this the other day because we often get asked about, like, um, oh, who do you want on the show next? Who do you want on the show next? And who, who would your ideal guest be? I mean, the answers to that are very obvious, I think. And we, we don't even have to name them because whoever you're thinking of now, that's that's probably the correct answer. But I was like one, like, away from the Newcastle side of things. There's, like, loads I'd, I'd want on as well. I don't know about you. But like, yeah. there's a few, like, non-Newcastle people I wouldn't mind getting their story and speaking to. Yeah, I think there's a few, but it's I think trying and getting that connection. We do seem to find a connection with, I guess, where it's not necessarily from the area or not necessarily massively involved in Newcastle, but we do find a connection of some sort, and it's a good icebreaker. Like, Ed Chamberlain's not from Newcastle. I mean, yes, he hosted Premier League football, but he's not necessarily um, got any association really with the area. But when you yeah, good point. Get, good point. Get, a, get a link, it, it, does, it, it does help. And... We have you know who I'd really like, actually. I'd really like, and, and, and it, it's it's in football, but nothing to do with, there is good luck finding any sort of um, connection. I really like Ellen White. Maybe she's friends with Carly Telford. Who knows? But no, just because I think, like, women's football's just, well, women's sport in general is just coming on leaps and bounds, and it's ace. Uh, mm. Whereas before, it was pretty ropey. And she's just, I like, you know, goal scorers and that. She's a fantastic goal scorer. And she's got the personality to boot and the celebration to boot. She's like the whole package and like all-time record goal scorer for England now. And Exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, I've, I've been a big fan of hers from afar for a while. But, you know, what can you do? Man City, England, it's nothing to do with Newcastle. I'm sure we interviewed Brooke this year, didn't we? I'm sure Becky was last year, but I think Brooke might have been this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we actually we actually got actually got to see Brooke last year uh, last year last week at the awards ceremony. She was the the, the guest of honor essentially with the, the beer game changer awards last week, and she was brilliant. She was sitting on our table. Um, there were certain things I can't mention, <laughs> but there were certain things I can mention in that. You know, the that that's the good stuff. Well. That there's certain things you can't mention from like I mean, oh god, if only we could mention some of the stuff that John Hall told us. Wowie. Yeah, but well, we can't. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. not even a membership to NFTV will get you that. No, d- definitely not. Definitely not. Maybe, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Who no. knows? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. do you know what? Actually, do you know what? To be on the safe side, no. Let's no. just let's just say no. no. Um, we've hit a couple of milestones along the way. Sam, obviously, we've done it up to seventy-three. I think he said there. Number fifty was quite special. Sir Les Ferdinand, and a man mm. who, who he's just he's just Newcastle United, isn't he? At the minute, he's just he's just. Uh, if you say if you say Newcastle number nine loves scoring goals, you obviously think of Shearer. But the next one, one of the next names is either Andy Cole, or Les Ferdinand, or Sir Les Ferdinand. I'll give him his pro- appropriate name. So it's, it's a crime. He only spent what two seasons at Newcastle, and he's like how revered he is through such a short space of time because his goal scoring record is phenomenal. And he's and and to boot, he's like the nicest bloke ever. He's the nicest oh. guy. It's just. Just ace, just 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 awesome. Um, yeah, you gotta love Celes, and it's just all encompassing from that time, that team, that era, the goals he scored, 
the stories he's had to tell, the things he had to work on um, <clears throat> with his game. And he's, he's obviously still in football with QPR. I said on Sky Sports News, I said I wanted Salesinus, director of football, but um doesn't look like that's going to happen, unfortunately, yet. There's always time. Never say never. But, um, yeah, um, what a lovely, lovely guy. And um, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of guy that would do anything for you. Yeah, very much so. A man who, actually, I think I've told the story before, but my uh, boss lost his father. Uh Long illness and and uh, sent them a well sent me to send to him a lovely little you know fifteen second message didn't have to do that you know I did I did ask but he didn't have to do that you know and but very well, very, of course very you nice asked. I mean he's good but he wouldn't have known before no, that, no. that tragic event had happened no. but, could yeah. you imagine could you imagine that would have been very interesting to say the least um, who wants to hear Mark Clattenburg talking talk about Tamiri Kedspire and Jordan Henderson I do. That have played for Newcastle, and you see them abroad. I remember Tamuri Kitspire. I was refereeing a match in, in Cyprus, and he was the coach. And you know, he comes over and gives us a cuddly. You know, he was a legend, and uh, you know, he knew I was a Newcastle fan. And you know, you, you meet people who have played for Newcastle because you, you come from a city that they thought you were dead friendly. Um, and you knew they. I remember Kevin Nolan telling us a story. He said, Mark, he said, when you live in Newcastle, you live in a goldfish bowl. He said, you can't go to the fuel station. You can't go to the shops without somebody talking about football. He says, you move to London. He says, you're lost in the Gulf. He says, you, you can go on the subway and nobody even recognises you. He said, it's so it's so different. And players understood that. And, you know, they knew that they had to engage with football fans because Newcastle and Sunderland fans were very, very passionate. Same with Liverpool and Everton. They, they, you know, the players have to accept that. And, you know, many of the players... What most of me banter used to be was with Sunderland players because... If, if if they did something wrong, I would say yeah, because he played for Sunderland, and they would laugh, you know. So that was probably the more banter when players had played for Sunderland. And uh, I remember, you know, you, I remember even Jordan Henderson, the story with Jordan. Jordan, Jordan left Liverpool, of course, and his family lived not far from me and Seaham, and he uh, he got sent off against Manchester City, quite rightly so. Bad tackle, sent him off, and uh, a few weeks later, I bumped into him and I. He said to us, he said, you know that red card? I said, yeah, yeah, thinking he's going to criticise it. He said, no, no. He said, I watched it back. It was a really bad tackle. He said, but when I got back in the dressing room, he said, I looked at my mobile phone. He says, my mum was giving us dog's abuse. Saying, why did he get sent off? Why this? Why this? So he was telling us and I was laughing. So I was refereeing him playing. He was playing Liverpool, uh, Bournemouth at Bournemouth for Liverpool and he, uh, the following season. And he was getting frustrated and he started using you know bad language, dissent. And Jordan's not normally that type of person. He's quite, you know, balanced and uh, but he, he was losing his discipline and he, he said some choice words to us over a decision and I just turned around and I said what did you say and he said the foul language again I said I'm going to tell your mother what you've just said to me and he just went white he didn't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always nice uh, when you get one over a Macam isn't it Sam oh isn't it just Clattenberg was one of the ones I wanted on since the start when we did this. I always wanted to get a referee on. And obviously, who better than a Newcastle fan and, and a referee that was at the top of the top of the game? And I actually tweeted out um, yesterday um, how, like, the PGMO, um, PGMOL, yeah. You got that right, yes. You got it right. All right. COVID brain. Bit foggy still. Um, could do with someone like Clattenberg. Now he wouldn't do it because 
of that establishment, um, as you will you will hear from listening to the the full interview and also reading his book as well. Um, how they could do with someone like him at the minute to sort the shit out that's going on with. I mean, look at the last three Newcastle games, the decisions going on in them. Even with VAR, which was supposed to cut all this bullshit out, and then you just seeing the events that have transpired over the past few weeks are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, John says, love the hair, Sam, which flattery will get you anywhere. But this was another thing of, of a bad thing of getting COVID and missing the awards do. I got a haircut, especially for um, <laughs> the awards last week. And I even bought hair gel. And, and, and you know, I, I don't do anything with my hair as Johnny's Wi-Fi goes. So this now becomes the, the Mulliner show at last. And, uh, yeah, wasn't able to use it because of uh, the wonderful coronavirus pandemic, which saw me fall ill with 48 hours to go as uh, North Shields reconnects. I was waiting for it. I'm not going to lie. I was waiting didn't for it. didn't do it with Lawalawa, did it? No. Did it thought then the other fucking thought episode? Thought you'd uh, broke the camel's back with it, but no. Uh, there it is. To rear its ugly head once again. Yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. Um, last couple of questions, Sam. We'll wrap things up. 2022. If it gets better than 2021, bloody hell, I don't know where we're going to be. Uh, um, I don't know. Well, we'll hopefully get to a hundred shows. Um, in twenty twenty two, we're nearly three quarters of the way there, so a hundred shows would be nice. Obviously, there's a few. Um, fill for me, Johnny, for ten seconds while I do a COVID cough. Yeah, so twenty twenty two is going to be fascinating. Um, as Sam decides to literally show you that you need to get a job yeah <laughs> if you want, to be honest, if you want <laughs> this is the most i've spoken for about a week so yeah I, I, we're starting to get to we're starting to struggle now <clears throat> i think we'll, we'll we'll do one more we'll do one more question sam and then i think we'll, we'll yeah, 2022 uh essentially the goal is to become multi-billionaires oh yes please Yes, please. That'd be brilliant. Uh, no, twenty twenty two for me. I would love to get a few names on that we've wanted since the very beginning. And like for me, I would love us to get Shay Given on, and and Deck, and and Deck, and and Deck in some capacity as well would be no, brilliant. Stop saying people's names. I hate it when you do this because then it just adds pressure. No, it won't, man. It'll be fine. If we don't get them, we don't get them. We do brilliant. And then who's who's laughing now? But there, there's a couple of names that I would like. I know Sam's after a couple of names as well, but I'd like to do more stuff with the foundation, the women's team as well. Like I get to do, obviously try and see if we can do something with them, uh, get another player on in the future, or maybe get Becky on at the end of the season, like a end of season review. That would be brilliant. I um, so hope that obviously we could be heading for another lockdown or restrictions or whatever. But I so hope their season don't get cancelled again because they're on the cusp of doing something really cool. They are, they really are. So that would be fantastic as well. But um, the first team is obviously the main priority because it, that's how I mean, Sam met really in terms of Newcastle United first team stuff. Um, and obviously, it was under Steve Bruce at the time, it's not anymore, and it's under Eddie Howe. So 
let's hopefully let's hopefully see Eddie Howe turn things around and Newcastle stay in the division and we're still talking about Premier League football. That would be lovely. It'd as be well, start, wouldn't it? <clears throat> yeah, very much so. Right, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Best Greenwood and Mullen show in 2021. This is this is your last question before you can start. Yeah, I I, I knew it was coming as well. So I've been trying to think. Um, It it depends. Like I mean, viewership wise, it would probably be Stephen Taylor because that was really well received, and not um, he doesn't do many interviews. so John Hall's house, two-parter, ridiculous. Um, I, th- I love speaking to to Mickey Quinn. Um, I really enjoyed the April Hunter one, and um, she'll bounce back um, from a, a defeat, <coughs> um, and she'll she'll go on to win a, a world title. Uh, Keith Downey, total dude. Um, Stephen Carr in in Malaga, great crack. Um, and there's other ones like Ant Young. I even like speaking to Thomas from War Flags. Yeah, that was that was that was really really good. I really enjoyed War that. War Flags are just <clears throat> unequivocally <clears throat> one of the best things about Newcastle United. And to get their their inside story was uh, was really enjoyable. But um, I'll uh, Johnny, you probably know yours, so you can you can answer your own question before I give a definitive answer. Yeah, a couple of honourable mentions. Um, Alberto Solano, very much an honourable mention. Uh, I think that was. I had, I got a voice note on WhatsApp from Nobby Solano, which just just makes my day. So cool. Uh, that was that was a big one because I remember the following day I was at work and the Chronicle picked up on the fact that we'd interviewed Solano. Oh, was, yeah. And do you know, and do you know the do you know the question the question I asked him wasn't even my question. It was my dad's question. My dad said, oh, I said, he said, oh, have you got any more of your shows? And I said, well, we might have Nobby on. We might, because there was a bit of like, not too sure. But we arranged a time, we were still like a bit, well, it's the other side of the world. We're not too sure if this is the right contact, but fair play to Liam, it was. And it, <coughs> yeah. it was his, he said, well, if you do, ask him the question if he ever worked for the club. And that question was basically the Chronicles um, article. And I just remember being at work and just um, my phone exploding with loads of people retweeting and liking, and it was just ridiculous. The channel, so Nobby was a big, big episode for us. Um, but my favourite one is between Peter Jury and Sir John Hall. I'm finding it very, very difficult to separate the t- between the pair of them. Um, I'm going to go for Sir John, just, just because we went in his house. Do, do you know why, Sam? Because we spoke to a man who owned our football club and who knew what the football club was about and he gave us honest answers for every every single question and some questions after the interview finished as well. So I would say Sir, Sir John nicks it for me. Peter Jury, Keith Downey, Luke Edwards, very, very close ones as well and Roberto Solano. So... But again, I can mention loads. We we thoroughly enjoy doing these, and um, yeah, fantastic memories to say the least. Mm, I'd say even like the the kind of smaller ones, if you like, that's just equally as good. Look forward to them just as much um, because 
they're they're, <clears throat> they're interesting I, if like i find it interesting what i guess i have to say i'm sure you do too johnny and and uh, hopefully like some of you watching do as well and make it you know barely entertaining so um yeah it, it's great fun hopefully we can carry on next year and beyond yeah, definitely, definitely. But you haven't answered me question. What's your answer? Oh, I just I agree with you, Sir John. I mean, how can you not? Yeah, you've been welcomed into his home, and yeah, lovely guy. So there you have it, Sir John Hall. Both parts <laughs> was the best show we've done in 2021. Get your comments in. Who do you think was the best show this year? What's your personal favourite? Who would you like us to try and get next year? And um, Email, and I'll I'll read them out on the on the next podcast intro. Yeah, definitely. Subscribe to the audio, which you all should, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Description. Exactly. Give it as give us a rating. Five stars would 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 be lovely. Um, But I think Sam's just about done for the night. I think he's he's lost the words, which we never thought he would be. So uh, we just like to say a big thank you to all our listeners. Uh, in particular in terms of the audio podcast and the viewers watching on YouTube and on NFTV and NFTV Extra as well over the last 12 months as well because we thoroughly enjoy it and I hope we we all, we both hope that you all enjoy watching or listening depending on how you get these interviews. But we, again, have a fantastic Christmas. A brilliant oh, yeah. year. We haven't, I mean, it's a Christmas special and we barely mentioned Christmas. Well, who cares? Who cares? Well, I've got a quick, quick one. What are you doing for Christmas? <coughs> Isolating. <laughs> I'm going to me. Oh, I'm going to me mum's, and I'm going to have bucks fizz and a bacon sandwich in the morning. Maybe mm. a couple of, couple of pints in the afternoon with a Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. And Co- Coronation Street's a bit of a, a favourite in terms of Christmas Day. I don't know why, but it always seems to be a bit jolly. Oh, yeah, but uh, you know, so maybe a bit of Coronation Street in the evening, and then. Boxing Day, the football's on in the 27th Newcastle play Man United. My favourite horse race of the year is on Boxing Day, the King George at Kempton. I've had the winner six times in the past seven years. So, uh, no, more than that, actually. Might be uh, eight and nine. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, very much so. I'm sure Sam's looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to the football anyway. So it should be good. I've got four days off work, so even better. But this is where we'll end it. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode talking all things Newcastle United and players that used to play for the football club that's maybe a little insight to what we're going to be talking about but from myself and Sam Mulner have a wonderful Christmas a great new year and we'll see you very very soon love you bye Newcastle Fans TV